Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the question today is, what is your leadership image? And today we're going to talk about how to step up, stand out, break through, and how to be your best you. And that is going to lead us directly to, what is your leadership image? How do we create it? How do we craft it? And how do we live it? Because that's who we are. So my guest today, Sharon Burstein, is an award-winning author, and she is one of America's most respected international motivational speakers. She has trained and spoken to hundreds of thousands of people of all ages, students and adults, using her training and leadership methods. And through her speaking, leadership training, consulting, and coaching, she inspires people building their confidence to achieve more success in life. She also enables people to create and recognize their inner and outer leadership image. And I'm dying to know what that is. I think I know what mine is, but I bet you I don't. So we're going to find out. She may have wind up coaching me unknown to her. Well, I just told her she may wind up coaching me a little bit here and us by you know, just letting us know how to figure this all out. So, and also, before I bring her into the show, Sharon has also created numerous award-winning books and training programs. She's been recognized and received numerous awards for her career achievements and leadership. So, Sharon, welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. Well, thank you, Denise. What a wonderful way to start the new year. Happy New Year to you and to everybody who's listening. Thank you. And it is a new year. Today is the first day of the you know, the first month, the first week, the first year. So we're going to have a terrific time and talk about things that are so important, meaning how do we present? How do we become leaders? Or how? I don't think it's becoming leaders. I think many of us who are on this podcast listening, we're already leaders. But I'll be very honest with you, Sharon. I don't have a clue what my leadership image is. Not a clue. So and you know what? we're, we're going to talk about yeah. that. Well, I'm very excited. Okay, so keep on going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. Oh, no. You know, the interesting thing is so many people are in leadership roles, but they have no idea what their leadership image is, and everybody has one. And yet your leadership image accounts for about 85% of your effectiveness as a leader. Well, and, you know, that makes sense. And in my last podcast, the last one of, you know, the final year, the final day of the year, we talked a bit in a roundabout way of our leadership image, and it occurred to me that I have been getting some terrific comments and emails that are just almost glowing, and they're almost embarrassing. I don't, I have not been paying attention to them, and I'm thinking, what are these people seeing about me that I don't see? And here you are. So it's, in a way, it's almost a a conversation that started last week, last year, that we can kind of sort out today because I don't think we do. I think we go, oh, that's nice. Thank you. I'm in the South. We're like, oh, thanks. And we just keep on going. I'm guilty of that. I don't sit with it and go, huh, is that leadership? Is that just somebody blowing smoke? What is this? But it's been happening a lot, and I'm forced to pay attention to it. 
does, do you see that happen with people? Like they're saying, oh, well, you're seeing me completely differently than I see me. You know, and you bring up a wonderful point. One of the exercises that I love to do when I'm live with men and women and people of all ages, it's a very simple very powerful exercise and it's simply this and I usually do it with people who do not know each other because it's much more effective and how it goes is I give everybody a little piece of paper and I two pieces of paper usually different colors and I will say write down three things about how you think about yourself and people will do and I said fold it in half and then I will say, turn to the person at your left or right, and I'll say, we're turning to our left. And I said, take a look at this person, and you know, hopefully we'll clarify if you know the person or not. And I said, as you look at this person, what are three things that you notice that really stand out about the person sitting next to you? And if you don't know them, it's even better. What are three things, as they just sit here and we don't have any conversation yet, that you notice about them, what stands out, and write them down, and fold it in half. And then I have each person exchange. So you've got what you wrote down about yourself, and what the person sitting next to you has no idea who you are, or who really what you do, or anything, because this is kind of usually in the beginning part of uh, when I'm starting to build connections, and read it. And people are always, always astounded by what is conveyed non-verbally, just how they are dressed, how they act, warmth, kindness, uh, confidence, um, conviction, you know, style. There are certain things that you see, but there are certain things that shine within you that you don't even see. And think about it, as you walk down the street, if you were just walking down the street looking at people, what kind of images of those people that you have no idea who they are, how they, you know, how you start to think about what they do and how they may live their life. And, you know, some people are confident and they're owning the world and some people are quiet and reserved. Some people are slumped over and will not make eye contact. And, you know, the list goes on. But, yes, people are always amazed. And that's part of your image, and that's part of your nonverbal image that you're communicating. And, Denise, for you, you're communicating a lot, which is, really shows the power of auditory. Because really, yeah. when we look at leadership, it's inside, outside, top to bottom, and all around. But in your case, with this specific show, the only thing that you and I are using are our voice. And so people are really, it's totally auditory. But not only your words matter, the intonation, the voice level, how you say a sentence, where you put the emphasis on a word, all of that contributes to your image. I, that is brilliant. I'm almost speechless because, listen, I, I'm i not really one for getting out among people. I like people just fine. I'm not shy. In fact, I don't have any filters. But I tend to live in my own head. But when I'm out and about, 
I'm watching people without watching them. Does that make sense? And I'm making totally. stories. You know, I'm going, oh, well, you know, the, she's probably a school teacher, or this guy looks like he was a jock at one time, but he's gone a little bit to see, but he looks happy. And I'm making up stories the whole time, and they don't even know I'm looking at them, and I sure don't know they're looking at me. So that is fascinating because we're always paying attention, aren't we, in one way or another. Absolutely. So even when you walk down the street, you walk in a store, you are making an image, an impression. On right. Some, some people pride themselves in trying to be invisible, but hey, you're not really invisible. No, no, I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes we're all out there, you know, I'm very extroverted and whatnot, but I have to admit, I love my quiet time, and I love privacy, and I love being social. So I think we all have many layers, and at different times in our lives, in different ways of feeling, or different times, different ways, whether we are more outgoing, or if we are just kind of you know, in just closing down. And you know what? We all can't be extroverts or introverted all the time. It's not healthy, honestly. And, you know, sometimes but sometimes you need to close down. You can't live your life in all peaks or all that or valleys. And so what do I mean by that? If you like let's just say if you're out full speed, like we've just come out of the holidays, hello, and you know everybody's going full speed ahead. But you can't go 365 days a year, 52 days a week, you know, 52 weeks a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just pushing, accelerating with the, you know, the pedal to the metal. You have to take some time to decompress, pull back on the speed, and just quiet, sometimes idle or just turn things off. But if you just live your life turned off, then you miss off on so many incredible things in life as well. You really do. And, you know, we're talking about kind of observing people. Even if you're not actively observing, we have to. I mean, we live in a world where there are a ton of people and they're around us no matter where we are. You have to be aware. You have to be watching behind you, in front of you, the sides of you. And I'm not going to call it an aura because I'm I'm not even sure how that works. But I tend to be able to tell if people have really bad intentions or if they're lonely or if they just need somebody to say, hey, cute shoes, or, you know, whatever needs to be said or done. If you're paying attention to the people around you, even if, like me, you are a completely committed introvert. And when, I, when I'm when i out, I'm wearing a baseball cap and Ray-Bans. I don't want anybody talking to me, but they do. But you do. You know, they, uh, I, you know they totally do. And, earlier. you know, when you talk about aura, interesting thing, I was – uh, must have been just before all of this uh, happened. It must have been December of 19. I was speaking in Connecticut, Mystic specifically, to uh, all of New England's law enforcement. By the way, what a great group to speak about leadership. It was just so, so right. fun. So it was the holidays, and I stayed over because Mystic, Connecticut, and all of you who live in that area, what a gorgeous little area Mystic, Connecticut is. So I walk in this one store, and, you know, because I spent the night, and I finished up at about 5 o'clock and said, oh, why drive back to New York when I can enjoy and savor some holiday spirit here in Mystic? And I walk in this one store, and, you know, it was candles and a lot of different things. I walked in, and three people all turned around to me and said, 
oh my gosh, your aura is just like, you know, you are just like beaming, you know, what oh. looking at these people and going, okay. And they said, no. And somebody else was just a customer and they said, yeah, as soon as you walk in the door, the whole energy in this store changed. And I said, really? I've seen that happen. Yep. I know what you're talking and, about. You know, so sometimes you don't know that, but sometimes you he- feel that negative energy with people and you hit on something that I love. And so I'm going to bring it up before, you know, compliments. You said those are adorable shoes. And you know what? When you see somebody who, whether they're walking around perfectly confident or what, or they're more into themselves or looking sad or lonely, when you give a compliment, you know, a sincere compliment, first of all, how much does a compliment cost? Nothing, not a bit. Nothing. Nothing. And yet, how much can it mean? It can change a whole person's day or pull them from a whole different mood. It can. It can. And case in point, the the cute shoes goes back a long time ago. They say, when I'm... Look, when I go in a grocery store, I have a map in my head. I'm going in, I'm going out, and nobody's going to get in my way. It never works out that way because apparently I look a lot friendlier than I think I do, and people always <laughs> want to speak to me. See, I don't it's get your it. aura, Denise. It's, it's got you know, to be. everybody says, oh, she's friendly. You know, she's got that friendly baseball oh, really cap. <laughs> yeah. You know, but and it's the way you're walking. You may be kind of hide, trying to hide from people seeing no. you, but the rest of you is standing out. Apparently, but there was this one lady, and she was in the the checkout stand in front of me, and she was probably in her eighties, and she was adorable. She was so cute. She was dressed beautifully. She was wearing these cute little khaki pants, and I mean these darling little sandals. They were all blinged out. Her hair was perfect. Her nails were done, and all I could think was, I want to grow up to be her. Now she was pocket size. She was like travel size, tiny. And I'm five foot seven and a half. So I'm not tiny. I'm tall. And I, you know, I just kind of blurted it out. I said, "Cute shoes." We talked for an hour. After mm-hmm. that, she was adorable. I've never seen her before or since. She may not even be, you know, still around, but it really made both of our days. She was a fascinating lady. And you never know unless you take the initiative. But lots of times, even if you're passing, I'll be, you know, wherever I am. It could be an airport, in a store, walking down the street. And I will give random compliments to all sorts of people. And it's amazing how sometimes you see them smile stand a little taller or just, you know, just the, you just don't know what somebody else is going through in their day. I try consciously and I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask everybody who is listening to this podcast globally to try and do this simple thing that makes such a difference in life. And that is simply this, to give three compliments a day to people, meaningful They can be simple and or three acts of kindness. Now, those acts of kindness also can be very simple. It can be opening the door for somebody, letting somebody go in line ahead of you. But compliments and acts of kindness. Now, imagine this. If we gave three compliments, sincere compliments, and three acts of kindness to people that we know and don't know, the ones that we don't know are even more important sometimes, I think, how much kinder and nicer the world can be. And you feel better. 
You really do because yeah. once you and put you that, both benefit. You know what? That is so yeah. key, and I actually do say that when you give somebody a compliment, everybody benefits. And it's true. And you know, I'm in the deep south. We just do that as a matter of course. But you have to. Yeah, but I've it. learned that when you say bless her heart, that doesn't oh, really yeah. mean that. <laughs> no. And we have two bless your hearts. We have bless your heart, which means, oh, you poor stupid thing. And the other one is bless your little heart, which means stupid is clean to the bone. It can't be washed off. We are really insulting you. And so there so you go. I've, I've, I've learned that. But, you know, here's an interesting thing. And I live in New York. I do not live in New York City, but I'm in the city frequently. And I travel. And yay, till up until all this COVID coming back yet again, I've been traveling a lot on airplanes again. And one of my favorite oh, things to do in New York, but even in, in airports, you know how everybody's like hustling and bustling in an airport and just determined. And New York, it's, you know, when people are strolling, they're taking their time more. But what I love to do is key in on somebody who's looking very harrowed and just walk with eye contact, looking and looking at them. My goal, and I'm smiling and I'm making eye contact with them and they could be avoiding me. My goal is, and I start this pretty far away, is that by the time we get to, you know, near each other to pass, that I've made them smile. Oh, I love that. You know, and imagine if you start to do that and make other people smile, you know, when you smile, you're happier. Just smiling makes you happy. The act of smiling makes you happier. And happy people, did you know, are 37%, that's a real figure, 37% more effective in everything they do. And when you laugh and smile, you also retain information better. I believe that. Now, I didn't know, you know, the statistics, but I absolutely believe that because that's how I live my life. You know, I may be alone most of the time by choice. I'm as happy as a pig on ice. I mean, I am not an unhappy person. You know, it's, you know, sometimes we're social, sometimes we're not. But, you know, you also, while you may be living a quieter life, doing what we're doing right now is very social, and it's your way of contributing and growing in leadership and bringing out people and presenting to people in different ways. And people, by choice, everybody who's listening to you, have made a choice because you in this program are making a difference in their lives. And they rely on you as the host and creator of this show to bring on guests. And today, I'm very thankful to be one of those guests who can have an impact on their lives. And listen, this is why I do it. I've been doing this for 13 years, and I've always said that this show is not about me at all. I do interrupt a bit because I'll, you know, oh, oh, let's, you know, let's talk about this, but it's about my guests, and I consider my guests to be my mentors in many, many ways. I learn in the hour that I have with you, and sometimes I get you to come back if we need to, but I learn so much from you, and so does my audience. So that's the point of this podcast. So thank you for being here. Now, listen, I wanted to ask you. I've got all kinds of stuff to ask you, but let's go Go back ahead. To I am a clean slate and open book. Cool. I honestly had no idea that there was even a term called leadership image. I mean, I consider myself to be a leader. I consider those around me to be leaders. I just never knew that there was an image, but now that we're talking about it, it's like, well, duh, of course there is. And we've and it's the most important it. part. 
Excellent. And I would have never tagged it like that. So let's go a little bit deeper into that. How did you Mm -hmm. discover that you needed to talk about this, that you needed to create these, you know, these talks and these programs? Where did it come to you? Well, I've owned businesses for 30 some odd years and a variety of different businesses. Before that, I was C-suite and I started my career actually as a teacher uh, within the land of the little people. And we'll get back to that later. And I've also taught at the collegiate level. But you know what? So often, of course, we've all worked for a number of people throughout our lifetimes from when we're teenagers or in college with jobs before we go on to our professional careers. And there are people who are in, let's just call them management positions, because not all management positions are leaders. Lots of times people think of leaders as all about power, and it's not. And you touched on this without even, I think, really realizing it. Leadership is about strength, understanding, courage, and sacrifice. Great leaders know that leadership is not about them. It's about building up other people. Leaders are the visionaries. But you need the next tier to execute and help get those things done. And the leader, if the leader is trying to micromanage and do all of those things, or if you're hiring clones of yourself, then that's also not being an effective leader because there are all sorts of tasks need to be accomplished crossing every industry in order for a product and or service to be successful. I mean, leadership is not doesn't happen. Nothing happens by one person being successful. Lots of times people say, oh, but when you play golf or somebody like, uh, let's take Serena Williams, she just plays singles. Think about all the coaches, the psychologists, psychiatrists, all the trainers, all the people in your lives, even if you are playing what is considered a solitary sport. Success is a team sport, and great leaders know that. Success is a team sport. Together, everybody achieves more. It's a great little acronym, T-E-A-M, together, everybody achieves more. Now, if you want to talk about leadership, let's talk about leadership. You know, leadership, I love it when somebody says, you need to respect me. I'm your leader. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, wrong. You may be the boss. You may be in charge. But leadership is you know, part of being a great leader is earning respect, and respect is earned. And great leaders a, a, also know that, you know, great leaders, I mean, some people in leadership roles, you see them every day. Everything, they'll take all the credit in the world when everything is growing, going their way. And they will stand up, and it's all about me, me, I, I. Yeah. And those are the bosses. Those aren't the leaders. But heaven forbid something go wrong. It's no longer about them the blame starts going all the way down and through an organization. And they will not take responsibility. No, and those are huge character issues that should be weeded out early, but they don't. No, and with a leader, here's the difference. A manager is somebody you have to work for, or a boss is somebody you have to work for. You know you have become a leader, and it doesn't mean how far you are in your hierarchy or where you are when people want and choose to work for you and with you. 
This is true. Because they like your style and there are elements of your leadership and character that are building and helping. And they realize, you know, that again, that everything that I do, if I'm working with you, that I'm working with you, not for you. And that's a big difference. And I like what you said about, you know, you must respect me. We have a saying in the Deep South, and it's this one, that ain't happening, hon. <laughs> I like may have that. to borrow that one. <laughs> that ain't happening, hon. If we mean it, <laughs> just like back off now and smile. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. the, you southern, you know, southern people just do it with so such grace and charm too. And it's always. And then there's, I would imagine, the big pause. That ain't happening, hun. Yep. Long we'll pause right with a big smile. Yeah. We'll look you right in the eye and say it, and they say, "You yeah, have a nice day now. You here?" And off we go. And, and then you just turn around. I love yeah, it. Yep. <laughs> so it works. But let's go back. You know, to the South has so many great little isms, shall we say? I know. I know. And I, you know, I will pull them all out some days just because I need to. But leadership, and you know, you said something important about people want to work with you. But you said earlier something that really caught me is that. And I just lost my train of thought. Um, you know, people will flock to you, they will come to you, but you have to be able to kind of find out what it is that their skills are and bring them forward. And listen, I'm a web developer. I'm a social media marketer. I will always, for my team, always, and it took me a while to figure this out because I can do everything I ask them to do, literally. I have a text, you know, mm-hmm. technology degree. I'm just as smart as I can be. I'm the smartest person in the room, and I can say that because I live alone. But the thing is, when I was trying to boss people around and say, just do this, do this my way, it was rude, It was, and I wasn't getting, it wasn't working. But nobody taught me how to do any of this. I had to learn it on my own. So it took me a little bit longer than it should have. But once I figured out that in all of my team members, I had to find people who were better at something than I am, period. Absolutely, and it's asking the question, what do you think, or how do you think we should approach this? Even if you have more expertise, you are asking for their input. You are asking for their thoughts. And, you know, I am an expert in many things, and I am super creative, but I don't have every idea. Or every, first of all, an idea is only as good as its execution. But think about if you have an idea and somebody says, yeah, that's great. But what if, what if we add this? What if we do this? Then it takes that idea and makes it even better. And, you know, you get loaded with aha moments. And that's when a great leader may have that vision. But when you open that up to your team, That's when you create really magic and the innovation and imagination. And that's one of the things that great leaders are really doing. They are, while they are the visionaries, what you're trying to instill is continued curiosity, innovation and imagination in your team. Because how we do things today is great, but is that the way we need to do or can do them? all the way through life? And the answer is no. Life is organic. It's happening. It's changing every minute, every day. And if we stand still, honestly, we're moving backwards. Oh, no kidding. So let's talk about leadership image. I'm fascinated by that term. Mm-hmm. I really am. 
Is there a specific age you need to be to have a leadership image? Is it something that's innate in you and you just kind of develop it? You know, it it, it, it's, it's like your shadow, actually. It's like your own special sauce. And just like our DNA, you have your leadership image. Can it change and evolve? Yes. And I, my book, What's Your Leadership Image, talks about that. And if I have a full day of training, I will train people on all the aspects. But it's interesting. Some people are born leaders um, and some people grow into that leadership role and a lot of that let's go even even more elementary or primary I won't say elementary primary is believing in you and being confident in the person you are and I'll give you an example it's kind of interesting because I've been studying leadership oh gosh for 30 some odd years And our daughter, who's now 32, and she's always been brought up to be very confident and believe in herself. But from a young age, we'd be traveling and we'd stop at playgrounds hither and yonder uh, for her to get out and play because we're big on being and exploring the outside. And she loved playgrounds, too. So she would enter a playground and start playing with kids. The next thing you know, she'd have everybody organized and doing these things. And she at the time might have been six or seven years old in some cases. And people were like eight, nine, or ten. And she'd have them all going. And she'd say, well, let's do this. Or how about we play this? And everybody would say, okay. And they would do it. And sometimes it's just somebody taking that lead position, saying everybody's kind of playing together. But what if we all did this? That could make our, you know playground time even more fun. And sometimes it's taking that initiative. And Alexandra's done that her whole life. I've kind of grown more into leadership. I find that there were certain areas, certainly, that I was uh, more in a leadership role, certainly growing up. But leadership in my household, interesting, and many of your viewers may or listeners may find the same thing, that standing out wasn't something that was encouraged in my family growing up from my parents, not my grandparents, thank goodness, from my paternal grandparents, life was about blending in. Why stand out? You know, what happens if you fail or you give a wrong answer? You know, if you stay in the sidelines, that's nice and safe. Well, that never was who I was. I was always about exploring and wanting to do things. And my grandparents were, my paternal grandparents were the ones who really, unleashed you know being smart being kindness giving but really believe in you know when you believe in yourself you can go anywhere you know or going back to the thought of why fit in when you were born to to stand out you know if we were born to fit in everything would be like vanilla ice cream and even think of how many flavors of vanilla you have vanilla with nuts chocolate you know, cherries, all sorts of things. And think about the infinite number of flavors of ice cream. Think of your life and leadership as ice cream. There are limitless possibilities. So at, at any age, you can do... And, okay, any let, age, you can be to, a leader. But here are, the, here, are the, right. here are the things. Your leadership is inside, outside, top to bottom, bottom to top, Inside, outside, and all around. And it's with you all the time. It's how you walk, talk, dress, 
and communicate. Now, some of those we can build on your leadership image. There are many people who are given leadership roles, but yet if think about if somebody is hunched over or is in a leadership position but looks really sloppy and is telling you to be your professional best, but they're not showing professionalism or they're very disorganized, does that give you confidence in that person working for them or if they were coming to you to pitch your company on buying their product or service? They may have all the right college degrees. They could have all the right words. However, their image and what they are conveying to you doesn't. The same way, so walking, talking. If somebody's always hunched over, if you throw those shoulders back and start walking with confidence, how you speak, do you use full, complete sentences? And unfortunately, these days, especially with social media, we're getting into simpler sentences. We are utilizing, you know, the language, our language skills, not in the most text optimum speak. ways. Yeah, I hate And so I speak. find, especially with people probably mid-30s and down, lots of times we are speaking about how to use proper English, how to construct proper sentences, both in verbal form and certainly in written form, in how you communicate. I'm sorry, but texting is not the most effective way. To me, it's, first of all, personal meetings. Nothing ever substitutes a personal meeting and being able to provide that one-on-one situation and making eye contact. Number two, for me, would be as we are today. We're on the phone. Actually, Zoom is not my favorite because I don't feel that I can really get to understand a person as much on Zoom. You're both looking pretty much at each other, and it's not the same as the interaction that you get to have when you meet somebody personally or uh, on the phone. But when we're texting and using all sorts of social media, to substitute for a relationship. Social media, let's be clear, is not a relationship. It's a way of communicating. But I like to, in fact, I blow my whistle lots of times and a very loud whistle and say, put your thumbs away. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Pick up the phone and set a meeting with somebody. Because relationships are developed when you can, you know, start to really get to know somebody and you take time now another great leadership skill is listening you will always learn more when you listen learn to listen listen to learn that's my favorite listening to me is the most important thing and then sitting and I've had to train myself to do this instead of just saying okay I heard you but Boy, take that one out of your your lexicon. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will say, you know what? What you just said is so important to me. I need to sit with it a while. Can we get back on this? Because I don't want to just need your... Here's another powerful thing. You just said the word but, but here's a way of even expanding and increasing the power of effectiveness. Replace when you're speaking and saying, have you thought of this? But replace, have you thought of this? And... And how yep. about and just replace but with and because now you're adding another dimension. But puts up a wall and open the word and opens things up. 
Well, and it does. And the minute somebody says, you know, says or hears, but all you can think is, oh man, here it comes. Exactly. I hear that but coming. Yeah, yeah. I hear it coming. You know, and, and you're hearing, and, you know, and you say you're being set up, and you're waiting for the but, and it's like, okay, here it is. Yeah, but like that, start that to consciously as wrong. you build up to that. If you're going to do that, instead of putting that word but in, yeah. just look at the person yeah. and say, and. Now exactly. it's open. One is closed-minded and starts to close and put up obstacles. The other is open right. and opens up opportunities. Right. One word, the same, you know, three letters, but totally different. I agree with you. And one thing that just drives me, two things that drive me insane, we're talking about leadership. Oh, you know, Denise, don't take this wrong. Really? My fists are already up. In my head, I'm already getting ready to punch you in the nose because I know what you're going to say to me is not going to be to my liking. Well, exactly. Words matter, and I love that you're saying that. Because think about there's what are two things that once – here's a question to you. What are two things that once used can never be retrieved? Oh, jeez. Words. Once you've said Words them, is one because you know, we're the old just talking on them. What's the other one? I don't know. I should, but time. I don't. It's time. Ah, I do so know. So if you waste yeah. time, if you procrastinate time, if you use your time unwisely, you know, you only get one shot at this life. Time, in fact, the beginning of this show is gone forever. As far as a live show, our conversation, we cannot take that back. All that time, yesterday... You know, all the yesterdays in our lives can never go back. We can look at them again, but we can't relive right. them. And I'm Same so thing glad with you words. brought that. Yes. And I'm so glad and you brought that. words matter. Once you express them, how you express them completely matter. If they're written or if they're verbal. And, written, and verbal words can make you feel great or they can discourage and they can also harm. You know, and just even sometimes the inflection with how you say it. You know, Denise, come here. Denise or Denise, come here a minute. You know, if you, how you use that, or, you know, um, you know, you know, Denise, we need to talk. You know, or Denise, we need to talk. You know, just think about using the same words and where and how you put your inflections, how those make people feel whether they are encouraging or discouraging. You know, and as you're a leader and your leadership image is one of welcoming people in or closing people out. And people know. People know, even if that door is open, that it's really closed. Hmm. You know, and I like to use another one. You know, and sometimes people are like, are you mindful? That's M-I-N-D-F-U-L. Or are you two words, mindful, M-I-N-D, separate, F-U-L-L, like a gate going down. So are you going to be open or are you just closed? Now, your attitude and mindset are something that all of us, regardless of what we do in our life, where we are in leadership or non-leadership positions or age, background, education, attitude and mindset are two things that we are always, in complete control. 
you know, and do you have an attitude of gratitude or do you have an attitude that, you know, that you want to spread or uh, that you want other people to have? Hmm. Good question. I think, and I'm going to have to examine, I think I'm mindful most of the time, but there are other days when I'm just like, you know what, don't bother me. Or other moments. They're not days. People say, oh, I'm having a bad day. Oh, I'm having, no, you're having a bad moment. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Get and over it's your it mindset and it's your attitude. I mean, that's exactly and that's right. your issue. I mean, and that's about choice. Life is about choice and the choices we make. You know, so many, you know, when, when it comes to excuses, there are no excuses. You know, I there agree are with you. no excuses. It's taking responsibility for the good. And the bad. You know, you said something a while back, and I want to circle back because it such, was such an important and powerful thing. And you said, oh, somebody was saying, I think you were either referring to somebody about you or that, that I want to be just like them or they wanted to be just like me. And I've heard that and people have said that to me or we've all used that expression at different times. And here's what I call them. Denise, I call them threads of life. And really what you're looking at, there is a thread in somebody's per, that person's life, could be multiple threads, that you want to weave into your life. You love, oh, I know, it was the way that woman was dressed when you were talking about her cute shoes and you wanted to she be her. She was so cute. I want to grow well, up Well, there were some things. Like you liked her style and I whatnot. Did. And yeah. so you're weaving some of those threads that you want in your life. And you can take those threads and weave them into people's lives. And I tell people that all the time. If there is somebody, and I will give lots of examples in my own life as when I'm speaking, about people who have had huge impact in my life and the threads that I have woven from their lives into mine. And, you know, when we cross paths, we also start to add threads in our lives. And by the way, you are now a permanent thread in my life because of the connection we have made. And think about it. So when we start or born, we enter life with a clean palette. It's empty. It's blank. It's all white and just nothing on it. And through life, or it's a piece of fabric that is just all white or clear. And through our life experiences, we start to add colors in dimensions, we start to make things in textures in our lives. And we get to allow what we allow to be put on there. And I love the words of Eleanor Roosevelt, who is a woman I really admire. And think about it. Nobody can intimidate you without your permission. So give yourself permission to believe in yourself and be confident. Own who you are. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is. And that really is true. I mean, we all have moments of doubt. We all have a lot of self-doubt. We have a lot of stinking thinking. I don't know if Dolly Parton said that or Mary Kay, but, Mm -hmm. you know, just don't play around with the stinking thinking. And, you know, we have those internal voices. You know, we've all, I think, got a little bit of, I don't even know how you want to say this, you know, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, it's. What is that syndrome? Uh, imposter syndrome. We all have that. But at different times, you can. At different, right. My but point also, saying that mm-hmm. is like what I said earlier. You're having it's a momentary thing. If you live it all day long, geez, 
what in the world is wrong with you? But, but you know, and, and that can be really reflective around with the people that you spend time with. So if you are spell, spending uh, time with, uh, doubt, you know, the doubting Debbies or negative Normans, that's only going to reinforce all those negative thoughts. And then you can have a great pity party uh, together and keep dwelling on those. Or you can pick yourself up and say, okay, this group have been friends and I really like them, but this isn't getting me where I need to go. And lots of times I'll talk about sometimes you have to change the water in your fishbowl. So what does that mean? Sometimes also if you are at the top of doing what you do in your surroundings, personal surroundings or business surroundings, if you are the number one person and you have achieved everything you can and there's nowhere else to go, then all you're going to do is get stagnant. So sometimes you have to take a leap, step out of that box where it may be a little uncomfortable, change the water in your fishbowl or jump to a new fishbowl. You may be alone for a little bit, but soon you're going to find other fish that are going to be swimming with you, bigger fish who are going to help grow you and change your thing. So attitude, again, if you don't like the attitude of people around you, if you find it's toxic and down, remove yourself. Personally, I do not allow toxic people and situations into my life anymore. It's, it's Nor do that I. simple. It's no, that and it's simple. And they can be family. It doesn't make a lick of oh, sense to totally. me. If you are ruining me, yep. <laughs> that I just don't allow it. We all, no. we all do. And people say, oh, well, you know, it's my, I don't care. If they are treating you terribly and you're walking around with your head bowed down because they just gave you a headache, it's up to you to fix that. And then you have to fix it by shutting the door. Yeah, or if they make ex- continue to make excuses, you know. But I want to go back to listening a little bit because listening and talking so often, of course, we all talk here. You and I are yakking and gabbing away. However, if I walk in, and let's face it, life is a sales position. I love to ask people, how many of you have ever been in sales? About half people raise their hands, and it's like wrong. It's like 100% all of us. 100% from the moment life we're is born. Sales. Yep. Exactly. If you have, have you ever influenced somebody's decision about where, what to wear, what to buy, where to dine, what to do, you are in sales. So, and lots of times we make a formal job out of sales, but life is sales. Anytime you are influencing anybody's opinion, you are in sales. But Lots of times when you are going, let's just take a business social situation, uh, take a chamber of commerce, a business, could be PTA, who, I don't know who's on your, with your audience here, but find any social situation where you may be engaged in meeting new people rather than to go up and as you're shaking hands with somebody, of course, and giving them a compliment and looking them in the eye with that firm handshake, which of course we know we all need to do. You know, lots of times people will just bow right in and tell them, tell, talk about who they are, what they are, do, and how great they are. And a really good leader, whether you're negotiating or just meeting somebody for the first time, will step back and ask, you know, questions that will engage the other person and learn more about that person. When you are doing that, it should be 95% about person that you are engaged with and 5% about you 
because you can ask leading and continue to ask engaging questions that will bring out more from other people. And whether you're in sales or if you're trying to influence a decision, that person through questions in your conversation will yield lots of rich little nuggets that you can use to your advantage on how to negotiate, how to overcome, and start blending in your responses later, which should be about 5% of the conversation, and so you become the problem solver, not the problem presenter that somebody says, yeah, I already have that. So when you engage and take the time to listen and learn, so again, learn to listen, listen to learn. I call it 95-5. Learn 95% about somebody else and 5% about you. It's a huge leadership skill. It is. It's And it's a huge podcasting skill, too, by the way. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm going to have a podcast. How's your, how are your listening skills? What? <laughs> they don't even know what I'm talking about. But I wanted to, and I keep thinking about this because I've written it down a couple of times, but one leadership skill for me that seems to be lacking, and I've come across this more often than not, is that people have no problem being tardy or late, or just not showing up at all. You want to tick me off? Do that. Do not waste my time. Early is on time, on time is late, and late is not acceptable. That's, That's exactly right. I agree. And listen, when I was a young And there are no excuses. I mean, there are. Right. Sometimes, you know, you will get in where there's an accident. That is the nice thing these days with cell phones and, you know, coverage uh, with a phone usually traveling and saying, listen, and lots of times you'll know that quite a bit out saying, I'm tied up with an accident. But with people who do it, who are habitually, that's Chronic part of cancer. their DNA, it's unacceptable. It's actually rude behavior and it's disrespect for other people that your time is not valuable. That's exactly right. And I wish more people understood that. So now I've got You know, that and now in a polite way, you know, and it can happen one time. And sometimes, um, you know, if you let it go, you know, shame, yeah, be shaming on you on that other person. But if I allow it a second time, then shame on me. Because you have every right to be polite or not, depending on whatnot. You know, start your meeting right on time. If people are late and they find that you are in the middle of the meeting, they will start, start to take note of that quickly. You know, well, uh, but to lose respect. I mean, if you want to lose it's, it's respect, respect, keep it's, it's respectful right. and dependability. Can I depend on you? Exactly. If you're going to be tardy it and late here, and it's not meaningful, but what happens when late happens or you don't show up? Let's just talk about a military battle, okay? I want to know that I can depend on you. You know? Exactly. And, you know, depending on people is a two-way street, as is respect. I want you to respect me and respect, but it's respect is earned. But, you know, and sometimes you can, if somebody is habitually late and walks in the door 15 minutes, depending on, you know, if you've left allocated a half hour or an hour, you can say, oh, this, you know, it's great that, you know, I'm so happy to see you. And I had to allocate it, you know, this hour, but, you know, so just understand that we'll now have about 40 minutes together. So mm-hmm. next time, if you can, so next time, you know, hoping you can plan ahead a little differently. And everybody, life happens, and it things is. happen to all of us. But 
it doesn't have to be lateness isn't a way of life. No, and I have actually, I mean, I had a friend that was a friend of mine for a very, very long time, and she was chronically late. And I finally mm-hmm. just said, you can no longer waste my time. And it fractured our friendship. It, there were other issues, but that was the final straw. I just look, you know, you're going to keep me standing here for 15 minutes while you, I don't know what you're doing, refreshing your makeup. I don't know. I don't care. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this anymore. And, you know, it felt right to cut that. Just say, you can't do this to me anymore. You know, no sometimes you do. It becomes toxic. And the person who's getting most upset is you. They're not upset mm-hmm. at all. That's no, just part no. of who they've decided, kind of the personality and the way that they've chosen, and they've chosen to do that. That's about oh, choice. Yeah. And if they feel that, oh, it really doesn't matter, you know, if I'm 15 minutes later, you know, everybody will just have to deal with it. No, they don't. You know, and sometimes you have to call somebody out on it. And sometimes people are unconscious and they'll say, oh, my God, I haven't even been thinking about it. Or, you know, some people will be defensive. Well, if they're defensive, then they really weren't being respective of you to begin with. That's exactly right. So we've got about, oh, geez, we've only got about seven more minutes. So no, this is gone so fast. It always does. I always say it's the fastest 60 minutes on the Internet, but do you have any case studies that you can share with people who are saying, you know, I think I'm a leader. I want to be a better leader. What can I do? Do you, you have can any do case it studies? All well, first of all, I'm going to go with five key elements of leadership, okay? So leaders, elements that all leaders have. They have vision. We've been talking about that. Integrity. They are people who have integrity, integrity, or honesty, or honesty and integrity, kindness, respect, of, you know, are all part of that. They are optimists. Vision, you know, leaders are not pessimists. If you are going to be a leader, you have to be visionary. Where are we going? Not throwing walls up. You need to be visionary to pull people forward. You know, and you need to be take responsibility because that's the number one re, you know key element of leadership is taking responsibility. And as we were talking before, dependability. Be the person that people can depend on. And lots of times you will see people even grow in their role. Now, what happens lots of times in leadership is uh, because this is a key area, too, that people fail. When you are really great in your position, let's just take sales for a minute, and I want to bring you up in my organization. I think you're going to make a terrific manager, and I've got my eyes on a great VP of development job for you. But then when I bring you up, you start failing because now you're managing people. And it's like, God, you know, what happened, Denise? I thought you were going to be great. I thought you were, going to, you were great at sales, but you were great when you were working on your own. The shame on me part is I didn't invest in you and invest in educating, giving you the skill sets that you now need to do to learn how to manage people and manage people in the style that we're starting to grow. I haven't helped nurture and mentor you along. I haven't sent you to conferences. I haven't set you up for success as I'm building. Great leaders, as you're building your team, you are also mentoring and developing and providing leadership and educational opportunities for people to grow in their leadership that will help to grow the overall leadership of themselves and help to grow 
the leadership of everybody behind them. So mentorship, I want to talk, I can't tell you enough, all of us behind every successful person who has ever existed is a great mentor. I know I've had several, Bob Danzig um, I mean, I, I, is my magic unicorn, but just also remember to be a mentor to the people behind you. It doesn't matter whether they you know them or they're not or children. And continue to grow our children because our children are our leaders of tomorrow. And we need to take time to grow their confidence, their belief in themselves, and start to growing their leadership skills. When we do and they have confidence and they believe in themselves, it also starts to reduce bullying. And that is extremely powerful. And that's a question that just popped up in my email. And it's basically, and I'm going to have to paraphrase it because it's kind of a long question, but she says, we're talking an awful lot about leadership, but not everybody is a leader. And I don't agree with that. I think everybody has those moments or those units in life, you know, like, okay, I'm going, you know, I'm a leadership person here. I think we all have leadership skills if we're just aware of them and not afraid of them. How far well, off you can be a leader. You may not be a leader in your career, but your career, leadership, and life. And here's examples to the person who has posted that. And hello, and thank you for your question, because I think that's a great question. But you can lead, whether you are leading some of your siblings, older or younger. Are you leading your children? How do you lead your life as a leader, as a friend? Do you take a leadership role in helping to organize your house, um, things for your children, your siblings, just your life in general? There are different ways that we all take leadership roles, even if they're not definitively defined on a business card in a leadership capacity. You know, But leadership is also about give and take. So I also want to make sure that leadership isn't always about the leader. Great leaders know when to lead, and when to follow. And sometimes a great leader knows that I need to go back and if I'm looking, I need to learn to listen to my team, regardless if they're from the mail room or they're taking care of the facilities of my buildings or what are they? What are they saying? What are they expressing? What are they feeling? Because in each of their roles, they have leadership. They show up every day. So they are taking a leadership role in what they do. So leadership comes in all forms with all people. But regardless of who you are or what your age is, you do have a leadership image. You have an image. Whether it's le- you have an image that is being portrayed and conveyed, whether it's verbal and or nonverbal. Perfect. And I wanted to correct myself because I shouldn't have said, well, I'm not sure I, I agree with this, because what I was really trying to say is that we are not always aware of our own leadership skills. And, and I think we, we tend to, you know, say, oh, you know, yeah, I'm good at that, but me. So no, you know, and you, you, you're very true. And when I, I have two signature events, um, Leadership Summit America, which will be coming back into New York in the Albany area, uh, October 27 and 28. And we talk a lot about a lot about that. I also have an event that I created 
by women for women. It was requested and found the perfect spot. We will be expanding it, but it's in its fifth year. It's called Uniquely You, Y-O-U, in caps, Uniquely You, Putting Women First, The Power of Possible. And it's helping people to build those leadership skill sets to help you think in different ways. It's all how to be your best you. It's how to step up, stand out, and break through. Not to be my best or Denise's best, but your personal best. And yes, you can grow through life, the people you're with, the situations that you surround yourself with. But again, key is believing in you and the person you are and who you want to be. And it starts with attitude and mindset. So if you don't like where you are, you do have the ability to make that change. And that change is within you, but also find people who can mentor and help grow you. There are people all around you. You just have to be there. And for those who are looking and see people in need, please look back, look forward to the side and mentor people and help grow people in positive ways. I love that. Listen, where can people find you? I know, and I wanted to ask you about your books, so mention your books if you would, and then tell people where they can find you online. Okay. Online, you can find me at www.sharonburstein.com. So that is S-H-A-R-O-N, B as in boy, U-R-S-T-E. IN.com. It will talk about my speaking, my training, my executive and professional and uh, uh, personal development. It will talk about Uniquely You, Leadership Summit America, and my three uh, award-winning books, uh, What's Your Leadership Image, Keys to Grow Your Career, Leadership, and Life. And I have two other books that are called Life Snacks, and those are a series, Life Snacks, which are 50 tasty motivational messages, short, sweet, and easy to digest. And now in a pilot program with a couple of uh, McDonald's and a couple of other places, and we're working on a syndicated news column for that right now. And Life Snacks for Women. Again, and now Life Snacks for Students and Life Snacks for Parents will be coming out this year, as well as my newest hardcover book, Step Up, Stand Out, Breakthrough, How to Be your best you because with me it's not about me it's all about you and helping you be your uh, best you i'm also an open book so if you want to email me here's my personal business email it's sharon s-h-a-r-o-n at sharonburstein.com so s-h-a-r-o-n b as in boy u-r-s-t-e-i-n.com i'm on face on linkedin I have Sharon Burstein International as a group, and I also, in my Facebook, have women leaders. So you can connect to me in a lot of ways. I'm a huge person on connectivity. If you have questions, you know, I'm open to answering in conversations. So I really thank uh, you, Denise, for having me as your guest in opening this new year. It's just been so exciting, and I'm so optimistic about the year ahead. 
How about you? I am, but I'm optimistic every day. I refuse to wallow around and say, oh, geez, what just happened? Whatever happened, fix it, move on, blow it up, just keep on going. But Sharon, it has been wonderful speaking with you, and this is a fascinating topic. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you shared with our audience. And listen, Sharon is right. We all have leadership in us. We may not have identified it yet. We may not even believe it. We all have it. And I think that's basically been what you've been sharing today. We, It's in us, every single one of us. And once you recognize it, you will find that you will see noticeable, immediate changes in just how you approach life. And you will find that more success will start coming into your life. And you will be open to your attitude and growing and being even a better version of who you are. You know, every day that we wake up, our open our eyes is a gift and a present. It is, and thank you so much. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes, Audible. Honestly, you can't throw a stick at the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. Just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Everybody, Happy New Year. Make this year yours. Sharon, thank you. Thank you. And have a wonderful New Year. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 